Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash iopanel. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player. Is that a Kobe Bryant glass? No, not all black basketball players are Kobe Bryant, Mike. Some of them are LeBron James, I know. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? May 22nd, 2016. We are back with the IO panel. Back with me today, I have the usual bunch of uh, madmen. Degenerates. Degenerates. Miscreants. Miscreants. <laughs> how sound, are you doing? Sound uh, it out. Sound it out. How, how are you doing, Evan? How, you, how, how was your uh, week there, buddy? Uh, my week was awesome. Went to... Uh, a concert that I've been waiting for for a long time. Went to a friend's daughter's graduation party. Had some good Japanese food. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty good week so far. Very nice. Uh, and Mr. Michael, how you doing, Michael? How's your week? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, week was okay. Weekend was a little little hectic, but uh, it was good. It was a good time. You know, got to see some friends, celebrate a little birthday. Not my birthday, but their birthday. Um, you know, Next have some best drinks. thing. Yep, have some drinks, have a few laughs. Wasn't um, there some uh, some casual racism in the form of demonstrating a police arrests or something like that? Uh, I saw a video. Something like that. I don't know. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't really I wasn't really participating in that. So. I, that was a uh, yeah. I saw that video. <laughs> that was a uh, check for sobriety. If you were sober, you had to take a shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. A sobriety check. Yeah, yeah. Phil's sobriety check. Um, okay, and uh, for me, my week was pretty straightforward. It was work, 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 work. Uh, five or six days of that, uh, it felt like. And then the weekend, I went to the same birthday party with Michael and. Uh, Went to had some great food at a great restaurant today and drank some good beer, so it was a pretty good weekend. Um, mm-hmm. What else happened? Uh, two weeks ago, I meant to mention it. I saw I went to see Baby Metal, uh, so that was kind of fun. Um, good concert. I have a post that I was supposed to put put up and I have forgotten to put it up, so I'll put it up sometime this week um, with a video. And uh, that's really it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So. Um, Let's jump in, guys. Let's just get to it. We got a we got a lot going on this week. So much, so much, so much. Um, okay, so let's talk about this uh, little bit of top news we got here. Uh, who's got that one? I will start discussing that. All right, excellent. Um, so I've been hearing about modular phones for a couple of years now. Uh, early prototypes and sort of designs, drawings, animations have been circling the internet for a little while, but uh, Google is bringing it to life with their project Aura, or Era. I'm assuming it's Aura. Um, Phones that should be available starting next year, 2017 at some point. Um, So you basically buy like a base model, or sort of a building block, and you can change out the battery modules, camera modules, um, you can change out the screen, 
be a better screen or a worse screen if you want to save battery life. Um, change out storage, keyboard, sensors, etc. Um, there's no wor- real word on pricing yet, as far as I have been able to determine. But uh, someone from The Verge saw a, a recent demonstration. And um, what I think was cool uh, was they said, okay, Google, eject camera module. And it sort of unlatched the camera module with these little arms that, that hold it in there. And then, You're you know, it's, I'm, I'm not, it's in the article. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. I guess it's like safely ejecting your USB device, which I, you know, I don't know if you just try to rip the camera out, if it'll destroy everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know how durable those little latches or arms are, or, you know, if you let the battery die, if they disengage or something, but I don't know. <laughs> All this shit falls off the phone. <laughs> yeah, you're left with a breadboard. <laughs> like walking around with a Raspberry Pi, like, well, what the yeah. shit? <laughs> so I think this is really cool, and, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting project. I don't know that it's actually necessary, because... Uh, I mean, the, the DIY person will probably get, uh, you know, some good use out of this. But if you, I mean, there's already a ton of options for smartphones. If you want a bigger battery, you can buy an extended battery or an extended battery case. If you want like a better camera, there's like six versions of one phone that have different cameras or just not really six, but there, for any specs that you want, there's already a device you can buy. And there's lens upgrades and stuff that you can like slap on to the to phones and things like that. So. Yeah, and you know aftermarket like replacement camera apps that give added features. Um, so I don't think this is like the future of phones, but it will it'll be pretty cool. Maybe if you want to have like six SIM cards in one phone, you put like six SIM card modules and you know be connected everywhere in the world, whatever. Like a drug dealer. Yeah. See, I, I, I kind of get the utility of, like, the lens swapping out and the battery module and, like, maybe the ability to, like, kind of prioritize modules in a certain stack or something. And that way you – not in a stack, but, like, like I if you look at the picture, the picture kind of shows it organized in one kind of way. If it is just, like, a big breadboard under there and you can reorganize the way they are, eliminate a few modules and add a second battery module or something, that would be kind of interesting. Um and if you could just um, so and and sensors, but Joe Schmo, I mean a regular user like I can't see my mom buying this and being like, oh yeah, I'll I'll change the modules out. Like they're never going to. Most people aren't going to, and they're not going to care. It's not going to be yeah. meaningful to them. I could imagine one other use for this. Say you really want to carry around sort of like a, a mobile workstation in your pocket, you could put sort of a minimal, you know, whatever the the basic battery is. Um, rip off the camera, rip off the SIM card and just put a bunch of memory or like RAM modules in there. So you could have a phone that has like 16 gigs of RAM on there. And then, you know, whenever there's sort of a, a convergence where you can plug, uh, you know, mini HDMI or mini display port or whatever into your phone and have it act as a usable desktop, then you could have like a, a workstation in your pocket, you know, okay. just sit down at, you know, a shared space, plug it in your monitor and, and go. Microsoft and HP are trying to do that now. Yeah. With, um, but of course that's windows phone. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. They're trying to do that with the latest model. I forget what it's called. You know, it has it has some name. You know, like Moonshot, but it's not that. You know, obviously that's something else. Yeah. But um, it has some name like that, and it. Uh, Actually, this ha- thing, Project R, was a Moonshot. It was, a, it was part of the Google Moonshot program. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago. Oh, HP is the one who made Moonshot, but I think Moonshot is like a just a term for something like we we think uh we can do this but yeah the hp did make a moonshot server which i thought was fucking awesome because it was like it was like a for you chassis with uh and you 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 pull it out the front open up the top and it had modular like tiny systems on there it would be like you know a quad core atom or dual core atom four gigs of ram or eight gigs of ram on something like half the size or half the width of like an Intel NUC and they would just like snap into slots on the board and you could have like 40 or 48 of them or something in a 4U chassis and they would have networking, like networking blades internal to it and storage internal to it and stuff like that. Um, hmm. It ter- Like they weren't really good for general, well, I won't say general, they weren't necessarily good for everyday server usage, but they were apparently very good for like web servers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, well, yeah, a lot of Linux servers, if it's just a basic web server, you don't need all that much, you know, and so they, they had two different versions of the, of the, the processor modules you could put in there. One was like an Adams, like X86. Uh, The other uh, were arm based. So another effect was you could basically, you fill up like, you know, all 42 U's was at like 12, I'll let 12, 10 servers. We'll say 10 servers, 10 for you chassis in a rack and, you know, replace a whole row of other web servers, you know, old web servers, I guess. And uh, if you use the arm based ones, there was, there's a red hat distribution that will run on arm architecture and, uh, because of their their power design, it would take up about eighty percent less power than traditional uh, server hardware. But like I said, you know, not not something that a lot of enterprise are going to order. I thought it was cool though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mo- moonshot projects can be cool. That's the lesson for the day. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the phones, <laughs> I'll just I just googled it real quick. One of the phones that uh, HP's making that can also be a workstation is the uh, it's called a Elite X3. Nice. And uh, they're showing it here. There's like a little dock you can get. Um, this actually reminds me of a Motorola phone that came out a few years ago. That was an Android phone, but it was so underpowered that you know it wasn't really practical to use as a as an actual workstation um but this hp looks pretty nice and i mean they have a thing here it looks just like a laptop and it's just called the hp mobile extender and desk dock <laughs> but you like slap your phone into it open up the screen and type mm-hmm. that's yeah, pretty cool it's like keyboard you know it's like a full it looks like a laptop i mean 
I guess then maybe you could argue why not just like buy a Chromebook also or something, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um and the whole the whole idea is you're you're supposed to be able to use use it like a desktop and the way they're gonna do that is they're gonna like stream apps to it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds very complicated <laughs> to me. But interesting. I think um Ubuntu Touch they're I mean they're slow going, but they're making progress. I think it in their sort of attempt at unification you when you hook up your uh, your your phone to the appropriate cables like you know DisplayPort or HDMI or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it basically will like run a a desktop as an app. Hmm. But that's still I think they've only they only officially support Ubuntu Touch on like three tablets and five or six phones right now. But maybe it's got some ground for the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, these phones are getting pretty, pretty damn powerful, you know. Like, yeah. if you have a, a nice modern phone, like, what kind of phone do you have, Evan? A Galaxy something? Uh, yeah, mine's probably like almost two years old now, Galaxy S five. But I think it's still got like that's a you nice know, phone, an, an eight core Snapdragon something or, or something like that. Yeah, and then you know, I have an iPhone. Um. 6s plus or whatever right mm-hmm. this thing has you know it's same thing it has like some crazy processor some crazy amount of ram or something <laughs> you know for like a phone you're like a phone has that yeah it's like yeah yeah it does you know yeah people are still using laptops that have less as their as their daily drivers oh yeah and i mean you know if you take like the full retail price of one of these phones oh yeah <laughs> more than a lot of laptops you know yeah yeah so they definitely have some nice some nice hardware in them and you know they're designed well usually so you know it's not it's not that surprising that uh they're going <laughs> to I mean it's not so, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if one day we just have one device you know like a let's say a phone and you slap it into something and bam it's also your computer you know it's it's all the same thing you know yeah, I mean, I think there's actually quite a few people who like don't have a desktop at home or maybe have a laptop that they hardly use but do a lot of stuff just on their phone. Mhm. Oh, definitely. And a lot of people I think still use laptops or or desktops whatever, and they probably don't even need to, you know. Yeah. Like they could just do everything with let's say a Chromebook, which Arguably, you could say is a laptop, but kind um, of, you know, with a much simpler interface, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can't really do very much on the Chromebook since everything is, you know, Google Docs or yeah, web-based. Yeah, unless you hack it and put Linux on, and then it's kind of underpowered for that. Yeah, but I mean, either that or or people are using iPads or. Yeah, you know, a Samsung Galaxy Tab or whatever, mobile devices. Um, yeah, and then those are. I think most people can get by with one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of people are just doing email, just doing. Well, they're playing Angry Birds or something, you know. I don't know, <laughs> whatever yeah. these people do, you know, normal people. 
you know, kids and their music and stickers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, anywho, all right. I think we've uh, we went off the rails here a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of related. Um. So, anything else we want to say about Project Aura? Aura. It looks okay. Well, you know what I think about it. I think it looks stupid. <laughs> thumbs, thumbs, fucking down. Thumbs down. No, I mean, it looks okay. I guess I don't know. I just I'm not. It's like James. I'm like, what? What's the point? You know, who's gonna be like? Oh, let me change out these modules. You know, it's like, like my phone right now, like this this iPhone that I have, does damn near everything. I mean, yeah, I know you know times change and you know they update things and whatever, but. So I think it could be – I don't think it will see like spectacular consumer acceptance, but maybe yeah. in the scientific community or something like that because you could have um, – you know, in, in theory, anyone could design a sensor to put on there. But if you need that, there's probably already like a product out there that you're using. I was going to be like, you could put a gravimetric sensor on your phone like because that's a thing. <laughs> but – yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Inertial dampers are offline. Exactly. You measure the, uh, you know, the time particles or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Chronotons. There you Chronotons. go. Chronotons. There we go. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah. As James shakes his head in disgust or jealousy. Like, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it might be kind of cool to play with, you know, but yeah, it's, you're right. It's not going to be like a mainstream. I don't think it's going to see any mainstream adoption or success, but I wonder if you could nice put on, on put on like five or six camera modules and take, you know, a hundred megapixel picture. I thought you were going to say and take the ultimate selfie. <laughs> The last selfie ever taken because it would be so epic it would destroy the universe. Yes. Cause a black hole, suck the world into it. That's right. That's yep. so great. It's so massive. It just collapses on itself or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And that, folks, is what's known as the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Actually, no, it's not. But we are going to talk about the Mandela effect on one of our uh, special episodes. So be on the lookout for that. Yep. Um, all right, so let's see here. Next, we uh have looks like uh something ain't quite right with the uh Fitbit, yeah. The fitness industry, man, we're gonna sell you sell you some what's the bill phrase? of goods, yeah, the bill of goods, bad bill of goods, whatever the saying is. I was like, it's all bunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hokum, that's that's a that's yeah. a term, I believe. Yeah, it is. I just wasn't sure if I was going to use it correctly. <laughs> Let's go with it. Uh, so apparently, there's been multiple lawsuits with the makers of Fitbit in the past for inaccurate readings, and recently, uh, a group of researchers at was it the California Polytechnic Institute of Technology, I think. Um, Conducted their own study on the on the reliability of a couple different 
uh, Fitbit models, the Surge and the Charge HR, and found that uh, on average, the the recorded heartbeat, the beats per minute um, on the Fitbits are 20, about 20 uh, beats per minute on the low side, which can be pretty dangerous because if, if you're like, you know, big into running on the treadmill or some cardio or something, you're like, oh, I got to get up to my optimal level of 150 beats a minute. And you get there or the Fitbit tells you it's at 150 and your heart's actually going at 180, like near heart attack levels. And you're like, okay, hey, got to hold this for half an hour. That that can be pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, and one lawsuit recently, um, the, the plaintiff was working with a personal trainer and her uh, Fitbit said like 82 beats a minute. And the, the personal trainer was like, I'm kind of, I guess they're kind of skeptical. So they took their own measurement and it was up at 160. Whoa. So, I mean, that's probably the, the far end of the, uh, an outlier end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, they, they can be dangerous. Very, I think, uh, I, I'm not a I user. I was considering buying one. I was almost considering buying one, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's like product or, or company-wide or if there's just a couple of uh, these products affected, you know, just the ones they tested, the Charge HR and the Surge. Um, I didn't look too closely to see if uh, it was like a firmware issue that's, you know, present on all their devices um, or if any other tests have been made, but I think, you know, it's worth mentioning because Fitbit is probably the most popular um, consumer, you know, heart rate monitor, pedometer, fitness accessory. Garmin makes other ones, but they're pretty expensive. Um, but honestly, My some of these Fitbits. Has a, a Garmin one. Yeah. I think it's called uh, a Nuvi or something. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, honestly, the Fitbits are more expensive than I thought. They're like the the fairly basic ones are like 150 bucks and going up to like 250 and if you're if you're going to spend 250 I'd probably spend, you know, 300 or maybe even 350 and go for the Garmin cuz I think it has GPS, you know, if you're into hiking or whatever or biking or something. Um I don't know, so just be be aware if you have a Fitbit, be aware that uh you could be doing yourself some harm trying to get in shape. Well, you heard it here first, folks. The man on the street. Yep. Well, <laughs> in, in the desk, the man in the desk chair. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, on related fitness topics, uh, I do not have updated statistics for myself because when I went to the uh, awesome concert on Tuesday at the meet and greet they had they provided food which I ate um, they had some a couple things I had never had before so they had quartered avocados mm-hmm. that were deep fried and there was like a spicy mayonnaise with them so I probably had like two avocados worth delicious mm-hmm. uh, they had fried Brussels sprouts not battered. They were just fried, deep fried, I guess. Kind of crispy. Fried Brussels sprouts, huh? Yeah. I like Brussels sprouts. So Tiny cabbages. Um, 
it kind of tastes like they had maybe a little dash of balsamic vinegar or something on there. A little, a little, a little uh, tart. Little also, a little, you know, delicious. And then they had these like chicken salad sliders with a slice of tomato, but the uh, instead of the bun, it was like little cornbread discs. Hmm. So I had those while I was chit-chatting with the folks there, making my contacts in the music industry, shaking hands, kissing babies, did you li- uh, listening to some metal. Did you uh, meet the person that was contractually obligated to meet you? Uh, several of them, yes. <laughs> yes, and they were very cordial. We shook hands, took a couple pictures. I even got photobombed by the uh, lead guitarist. He was awesome. Nice. Yep. And what what band was this? Uh, this was Memphis Mayfire, which James, I, I gave you a link to their concert earlier. Yes, you did. I don't think you you watched it yet. Maybe I you did. did. Not. That's <laughs> all right. I put a link to it in the show notes down in the uh, extra section. If in you know in reference to fitness, if you're if you're in for some calisthenics, uh, there's a lot of jumping up and down, running into people, running around in circles, and Great. having Screen a good time. Now. Yeah, and you know, since you bring that up, I'll bring this up. One of my, well, pretty much the main reason I wanted to go to the meet and greet was to ask the lead singer, Maddie Mullins, how he keeps his voice in shape. <coughs> Maddie Mullins. Yep. <laughs> good old, good old red-haired Maddie Mullins. Because he does the clean vocals, and I think he has a good voice, and he also does the screaming. Hmm. So he directed me towards a lady named Melissa Cross, who has a couple of video series called The Zen of Screaming. And a, a lot of fe- <laughs> a lot of the featured artists in there are people I listen to, like a concert I went to earlier this month, Lamb of God. Their uh-huh. lead singer, Randy Bly, he's one of her students. So and he's I I think he can also scream extremely well. He doesn't do clean vocals as well. I don't think that's his goal though. Um but I was like, okay. I'm I'm into this. I'll give it a try. You know. What's her name? Melissa Cross? Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well, we'll definitely have to uh check that out. Yep. I wanted to ask because um I both of my parents have listened to them. And every time, you know, when whenever my my mom's kind of more accepting, but my dad, if he hears someone screaming, he's like, "Ugh, that makes my voice hurt." So, you know, and definitely in the music industry, for you know, screamo bands or or metal bands with uh, unclean vocals, you know, a lot of singers only have a a career of a couple of years because they go all out or they don't use proper technique. Apparently there's a lot of technique in there. I haven't gotten the, the video series yet to look into it. Um, but one of my other favorite bands right now, North lane, their singer, Adrian Fittipaldi's was, um, he had to leave the band after like three years, I think, because he, he basically wrecked his voice. Now I don't know if he's going to do some kind of rehab and come back, but you know, if you listen to some of their old songs, like, quantum flux or um uh anything before the node album then he i mean he's fairly intense which i like which that you know that's what kind of 
uh, made me start listening to them. But unfortunately, he had to leave. His replacement, Marcus Bridge, does much better clean vocals, but he doesn't he doesn't scream as well. Um, so here's a little recap. <laughs> All right. Good to uh, good to know. Yep. There's a there's a art slash science to the screaming. Apparently so. All right. Well, good. All right. For all of those who who care. Um. So, yeah. So that's good. So you went to that concert, had the food. So tell oh, yeah. me though, Wednesday, I know you went to another event, and you were telling us that you had some good, some good food there. Yes. Uh, one of my friend's daughters graduated high school, so they had a graduation party. Um. His wife is apparently really good friends with uh, one of the better sushi chefs in the area. So they bought like six platters of sushi. Oh, Jeez. that's awesome. It, yeah, it was really good. Um, I tried some some interesting combinations I never had before. They had one uh, like a natto sushi roll, Ooh. which was – I didn't natto. know this. Yeah, Not- I, I wouldn't necessarily that's- recommend it. Yeah, that's I, a no-no, man. That's Japanese people don't even like that, and they like fucking have weird ass taste. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, lutefisk for Japanese people, but I don't know what that means. Is that like ludicrous? But like, but a uh, a fish soaked in lye? Yes, <laughs> lye. Yeah, oh. so it's like salted cod soaked in or dry. Yeah, like dried salted cod, then soaked in lye. And then rehydrated, and then you eat it, and it becomes so it's a white fish. It becomes jelly-like and translucent. That's as apparent. That's a traditional delicacy in like some of the Nordic countries. Hmm. Don't eat it ever. But I didn't know it was natto at first. I thought it was like some some ground pork. Because it's because it's, it's, it's like little you know the the beans aren't huge and they're kind of broken up in slimy. there. It was a little slimy in there. Yeah. So I took a bite. I was chewing. I was like, "There's this isn't what I thought it was." You're like, "This I'm is gonna, spoiled." <laughs> yeah, it's like I choked it down. Um, but it was okay. I would definitely not see myself eating a bowl of it. I think traditionally you you put it in a bowl and then you mix it around with chopsticks to like get the to get the slimy stuff to turn into like white strings, and then you maybe you crack an egg on top or something. And uh, I don't know. Oh, I'm not Jesus about that life. Man. Yeah, I'm not about that. But you know, I I'm glad that I tried it inadvertently. So now I know. Uh, they also got like fruit platters and sandwich platters and uh, fried chicken and stuff. I didn't have any sandwiches because I figured my don't go too far off the rails. I had. One piece of fried chicken and some strawberries and, you know, whatever carbs were in the rice. But I tried to sample, but be reasonable. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Nice. Then we went bowling afterwards, which is, you know, one of my favorite things to uh, to one-up people with. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They had artificial lanes, so if you remember the last time we went bowling on artificial lanes, we got the the crazy hook at the end, so I had to adjust appropriately, take it dangerously close to the right-hand gutter most of the time to hook back to the head pin. But uh, I still managed uh, 
a resounding victory. I I understand that you're a man who who has his own equipment. I have Ugh. two two bowling balls. Thank you very much. As as we all do. No. Um. <laughs> what about With, bowling shoes? Uh, I do not. I I've been out of the scene for so long that whatever <laughs> shoes I had in the past no longer fit. Ah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, relegated to the dregs of society using alley shoes. Mm-hmm. Ugh, like a fucking pleb. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you like have the bacteria bowl- that's inside them. Mm-hmm. You have a bowling ball that is translucent with a rose in the middle of it. Or a skull. I, I do not. No, those are for effect. No serious bowler would be caught dead with such a ball. <laughs> Big urn. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your element, Donnie. <laughs> so now you can uh, understand that reference. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's oh, right. actually, let's, let's I don't talk. roll on Shabbos. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, uh, yeah, I, um, it's like, this is bowling. There are rules. This isn't Vietnam. <laughs> this is, uh, so on Thursday, I watched The Big Lebowski for the first time. Now, I think I had actually seen this movie at Evan's house a long time ago, but I really did not remember it at all. Maybe I'd only seen half of it or something. I don't know. I really didn't remember it. So, watch that, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. You know, it's kind of wacky, you know, um, but that's that's the style of the Coen brothers, you know. That's the kind of movie they do. Kind of, kind of. It's funny, but it's wacky, but it's weird, you know, and whatever. Basically, the movie ends up being about nothing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know. Um, They're nihilists, dude. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I need to look. The, I'm sorry to interrupt. I need to look uh, this up. But either at the Fillmore or uh, someplace down here in the next couple months, there's a performance by Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk. Yes. Which is the album from the from the Big Lebowski that they picked out with all the guys? Oh right, yeah. Oh, no. yep. That's an actual band. Oh my god. Yeah. Just I, I had to mention Eagles, that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, movie about nothing though, but it's good. It's you're like oh, I could watch this again. Something about money and someone's toe getting cut off and Tara Reid and. Philip Seymour Hoffman at the peak of his career. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're coming to the Strathmore in Rockville at September 3rd. Um, and, you know, someone peeing on someone's rug. Oh, yeah. That was uncalled for. <laughs> really tied the room together. Oh, yeah. Is that the Minglewood Hall, Evan? Oh, yeah. That's, where it's, yeah. that's the place down here. Is that, is that a marmot? <laughs> is that a marmot? What the hell's a marmot? <laughs> it's like a ferret, or a. Well, I, was uh, at, I was like, that's a ferret. That to me, that looks like a ferret. So I was like, okay, he's like a marmot. I'm like a marmot. There's also an arc, and I'll call it an Arctic ferret called a marten. Huh. Okay. Prized for their pelts. No oh, boy. Uh, pelts. That's such a weird fucking word. We don't have enough pelts. Because this is an 1850 fucking... We need to get back to our roots, man. Utah or whatever. We'll bring it back. 
Helps. Okay. Excellent. So let's. Uh, what do you What do you guys want to go next? Uh, uh, LinkedIn, Google. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, keep LinkedIn. going down the down the row. Okay. Um. So LinkedIn. Who put that in there? What? The LinkedIn one. I did. Oh, okay. Take it away, James. Okay, so uh, get started already. Okay, so back in uh, 2012, LinkedIn was hacked. Um, the the kind of the the width and breadth. Oh, there you go. I never first time I got the <laughs> the width and breadth of the hack has been released. It's uh was 167 million accounts. Four short years breadth. later. Yeah, four short years <laughs> later, uh, 117 million passwords. So. Um, I guess the the encrypted hash they were able to decrypt it and they got to look at all the passwords, um, and that, man, you this is years later. So um, the, the 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 best part the the gem about this is the passwords people were using in 2012. Okay, and obviously 2012 is four years ago, but I mean I, my passwords have never been like this. And the the top password, okay. You guys can look at the show notes, but I would never have guessed that the top password with a whopping 753,305 frequency of the f- five people using it, the password was 123456. Um, and the number two was LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, people, uh, I kind of get the password LinkedIn, but at least fucking put some threes for ease and some capital letter letters in there and maybe an exclamation point at the end and, you know, do something. Um, and of course, password and then one, 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 one. And I mean, it's just pretty ridiculous, man. Uh, QWERTY, you know, um, total amateur hour. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's 49 passwords of all like people's names and things like that. I mean, it's just like people don't haven't even tried. Like a a brute force password hack tr- thing. If if you could use that, apply that to those to websites, um, would have just have this would be so easy to get into. I mean, it's crazy. And LinkedIn, like LinkedIn, is a, is the gateway to social engineering gold. You know, so if someone can see your LinkedIn information and you keep it accurate and up to date, um, people can pose as you, get connected to you, connect to you, and become legitimate and all kinds of things. I mean, it's this just is very, also why. You don't want to use the same password on multiple websites. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. oh, ho, guess what? They they compromise one. They're like, oh, well, let's just go try it on yeah. their Yahoo account or their Facebook account or any or Twitter or anything else. And, oh, hey, guess what? It works. I feel like LinkedIn is partly responsible for this because they should not allow people to have passwords like this. You're absolutely right. They shouldn't. And also, obviously, their shit wasn't secured enough. Um, if the people were able to get the frickin' unhashed password. I don't know how they managed that. Well, they decrypted it. So um, it's in the article here, but it looks like uh, researchers at leaked source were able to decrypt the passwords. Is that what they were doing the last four years? Uh, Just hacking away at this thing? It probably took like some guy like three days on on an AWS server um, over a long weekend to decrypt this. I'm sure of it. Um, he, someone just was like, what's all this? These are passwords. Well, well fuck it. We're not going to encrypt them, decrypt them. Then they just, some guy just decided to do it for shits and giggles. Um, well, that means LinkedIn wasn't either. They weren't salting them or 
whatever. I don't know. Salting them. Mm-hmm. Like to salt the hatch. Sea salt. What? Yeah, Explain. Man. Oh no! It's a <laughs> basically you know when you the way a a password should be stored is like you type in your password. Oh, my password is password one two three four right, and you hit submit. It's supposed to then the website or whatever it is. It's supposed to perform a mathematical operation basically on your password. It hashes it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it hashes it using different, you know, they can use different algorithms like MD5, you know, they say don't use that one anymore. Right. SHA1, they say don't use that one anymore. SHA256, SHA512, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you put in your password, password1234, run it against SHA256, and you're left with bleh, right? Right. It's <laughs> like exclamation with... point X at... Yeah. Hash, hash, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a big, long thing of nothing. You know, it's mm-hmm. gobbledygook. That's your encrypted password, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is you could type in password1234, SHA256, and you'll always get the same output, mm-hmm. right? So that's how that's how it works. But So you could just run, like, millions of them through that and try and find a match. Right, those are those are rainbow tables. Okay, yeah. So, the whole idea is you have a salt. So, we put in password one two three four, we hit submit, but then we add some other shit in there first, and then we SHA two fifty six it, and we get our answer. And our answer is not going to be the same as just without the salt. You know, so salt you you're just adding some more shit in first. So do you salt it by how many people? Like, oh, uh, let's are the salt. Would, would the salt be like a code for people who signed up in February of two thousand nine or something? And their salt would be this or something like that, or like yeah, like how would you keep it, track of it? Yeah, it depends how, how how they do it. So or is it monthly? Does it does the salt shift? Is it rotating? Like does it shake? Thing? Yeah. <laughs> Does it improve the hash, or is would adding a little chorizo be better? Yeah, does it bring out the natural flavor of the hash? I think I think it definitely, <laughs> I think it definitely adds something to, to the hash. Yeah, um, I'll just put it that way. Okay, <laughs> okay, there we go. Well, anyway, this is a hilarious story, and it's honestly really bad. People, I mean, horrible. we've seen this before, but yeah, this yeah, is, it's this, nothing new. This is freaking stupid. I um, hope that no one listen, no one that listens to this actually. Is that careless with their passwords? But perhaps. Well, I just went and double checked. I I just went in Firefox here and went to LinkedIn, and you know, using LastPass, I was I signed in right, and uh, so I was like, "What is my damn password?" You know, and I looked. Apparently, I've changed it, so it's random. You know, it's a completely random password. So okay, which is good because for a long time I was the worst with passwords. And I would use the same password or the same password with a variation. Does LastPass salt your hash automatically? Um, or just it randomizes it and encrypts that random garbage on your computer locally or on yeah, your server exactly. or something? It encrypts it locally. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah. So, so yeah, even if mine was compromised, let's say, right? Oh, they have my password. It's, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's my password. That's not my password on any other website, so it doesn't matter, you know? Right, yeah, Oh, they yeah. can get into my LinkedIn account. Great, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, should everyone should have should go in and probably change their LinkedIn password just because this has been revealed. But you know, um, I mean, I'm, I know people I'm not too worried just because like just because you know my password the password's not used anywhere else. So that's another reason to a use LastPass or some other password management software. And B, make sure you don't use the same password on multiple. everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you can use a password management software and just pick random passwords, you know, like completely random, because that way it fills it in for you. Or at worst, you can copy and paste it. So I know with uh, like my smart card for work, mm-hmm. um, it you know whatever Oracle thing it interfaces with, you can j- have it generate a new password for you when it expires. Does LastPass do that? Like, is there a generate and replace button or something like that? Like if you went to a website and you wanted to. Yeah. Update your password or if it expired, you know, for whatever reason. And does it bring, does it say input your new password and you just have to put something in or does it, can it generate one for you? Oh no. Yeah. It generates them. Okay. You can say generate and you can say, yeah, it needs to be at least 16 characters long. I need to have upper, lower, this and that. You know, it gives mm-hmm. you all the options. So, Okay. And if you don't like that one, you can say generate another one. Nope, I don't like that one. Generate another one. Generate, generate, you know, you keep generating. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And um, like I said, it's free if you just use it on um, your computer. So if you just want to use it like in Firefox or in Chrome, you can just get the add-on for the browser, sign up for a free account, and you can just start using it. Um, the only time when you really have to start paying for it is if you want to access it from your mobile device. How much does that cost? It's $12 for a year. Oh, that's worth it. That's fine. No big deal. Yeah. There are other ones out there. Like, there's another one called, I think, Dashlane. Mm-hmm. That's another one that's supposed to be popular, but it's kind of expensive. Um, it's usually... So there's no subscription, but it's like $40. But then, and I forget if it's that one, or it's, there's another one called 1Password. I forget if it's that one or Dashlane, but one of them, it's like 35 or $40, let's say, and you, you just buy the program and, okay, I have it, you know? And and you can access it on your your iPhone, your Android phone, on your computer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they release a new version, you have to buy it. Wow. Well. You know? So eh. It's like, eh. So it's, eh, you know. Yeah, LastPass sounds better. Yeah, I like it. Do so. they update more often than once every three years? Yes. All right, then it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh, Dashlane seems to do a lot of stuff, though. Seems to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've never looked deeply into the other ones, to be honest. Um,. But, uh, you know, the reason I started using LastPass is because of uh, one of the other podcasts I listen to is a security podcast, Security Now. And they did a whole show on just how LastPass works and, you know, what makes it a good one and this and that. You know, like they analyzed everything about it. The guy who does the show is like in contact with the LastPass people and, you know, got all the details and this and that and blah, 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 like all the technical details. And whenever they've tried to do that with other companies, they're never able to get, like, all the details of, like, how everything works. 
I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. The other um, thing is, all the security people at my job use LastPass. <laughs> hmm. All the IT I've, security I've, people. Do you think that's because they feel the need to, or it's just easier than remembering 13 passwords? Yeah, that's what the that's what the, the seller is, man. I think less people thinking about security and more about, I have, I mean, we live in a world of passwords now, and it's like either hose yourself and have everything be the same password, or everything be variations of three passwords, like mine are, I'm not going to even lie about that, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or, or, uh, or, you know, do something like LastPass, which scares the shit out of me, honestly, because my fear is I log in my computer all over the place. My fear is I'm going to, like, try to use this thing, and I'm not going to be able to log into something, and I'm going to be fucked. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't like not having control over my password and not not, not being the ultimate arbiter of what Well, here's is. the thing. Let's say let's say you can't log into LastPass anymore for some reason. Worst case scenario, with all these websites that you've registered for, you could go to their website and click, I forgot my password, and reset it. I guess, but it's a big added hassle. It is, but you know, I've never actually, I've never run into a problem with um, LastPass. So, yeah, I mean, could there be a problem? Sure, sure, there could be a problem, but there. I mean, I, I need to try something out because I, I'm, I'm like scared something's gonna happen. I'm always like in fear that someone's like in my computer. My computer's part of a botnet. <laughs> like my paranoia is just like ridiculous. So, oh, what's know, up, I, mom? I've yeah, basically. I've, <laughs> I've had that fear myself in the past. I've been like, you know what? I'm formatting this bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, no. Nope, it's like nope. every six months, just start over. Just assume the worst. Mm-hmm. Like at work, I was asking one of the guys, I was like, how many computers do you think right now on our network are part of a botnet? You know, they're like, none. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, ha, 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 7%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have no way of knowing, right? I mean, maybe maybe there really are none, and they would have detected it if there was, but I don't know, you know? Yeah. Your network's depends, pretty sketchy. Depends how stealthy these things are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we do have antivirus. We do have, you know, we have at our level people watching the network traffic. We have... At the NOAA level, people watching the traffic. We have at the the US CERT level, <laughs> people watching the traffic. Yeah. You know, because we've gotten things from them where they're like, yeah, US CERT contacted us about this. Like, oh, <laughs> oops, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's some machine sending with bad traffic, you know? It's like, oh, okay. We used to get that back in the back in the day, but I I never see that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. If that traffic comes down, it doesn't come down to me. I never see it. I never yeah. I never I haven't heard about U.S. certs since the old IRS days. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So the links in the description, guys. Check it out. Uh, about yeah. the LinkedIn hack. It's very interesting. Uh, also very stupid. Um, we're gonna skip this next one because it's a tie-in to something else. Um, someone tell me about this Windows thing. Uh, this sounds bad, but just tell me. Yeah, I have not heard oh, it, about it. Oh, it was bad, and they're taking it out, so. Okay, what what was it? What was bad? I know the, well, Michael, give us the rundown, and then we'll talk. We'll, we'll discuss. So, I don't think it's been removed quite yet, but, um, there's a feature in Windows 10 called Wi-Fi Sense. So, are you, you yeah. 
Are you uh, Cyloning pretty bad, or is that just me hearing you? Uh, I hear it too. Okay. Same. Bad. No, yeah. it's like, eh, it's, a it's like a lot of static when you talk or something. I'm going to unplug. Uh, that's going to destroy. God so. be with you. Okay. So while Michael leaves and we never hear from him again, <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and... <laughs> We're going to go ahead and, and read through this announcement. So uh, basically what it looks like is there was a new build release. There's a few things in here that I knew about. Um, Microsoft, let's see. So uh, Microsoft Edge is getting uh, getting um, extensions. Finally, Microsoft puts extensions and add-ons in the fucking Explorer. Jesus Christ and a cracker. It's 2016. Get with the motherfucking picture, guys. Um Real-time web, no- web notifications for Microsoft Edge. Um, Skype for the web. Uh, friendly friends message on Skype for the web while you're busy in the Xbox app. Okay, this is stupid. I hate Skype. It's fucking gross. Um, we don't care about that. Swipe notification for Microsoft Edge. I don't know what that's going to be like. Bash on Ubuntu on Windows improvements. So this is the Bash thing we talked about. I guess mm-hmm. they're adding that in this build. Um, a Skype oh, update. is this the anniversary update? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um updated Windows 10 Ink. I've been waiting for Windows for Windows Ink um to see how this works. I'm kind of excited to kind of excited to try that on my tablet. Um updated visuals, user account account control. Okay, so they're basically it looks like they're cleaning up the user account account control thing. Uh it looks exactly like it used to, but they've kind of updated it for Windows 10. Um Do you want to talk about the that uh, the app, while well, we've got some some downtime, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robinhood. Oh, you can go. I, I meant the uh, the mess- Google messaging app, but yeah, talk about Robinhood. Um. Okay. So we're gonna jump and let Michael talk about his Windows thing, guys, because <laughs> uh, when he comes when he gets back from his technical issue. So I just tried. I, I try all kinds of stuff, and I really don't talk about it on the show, but I probably should since it's a technical show. Um. There's an app that I got because I've been trying to get into stocks. So uh, I have no no zero knowledge of it. I looked around, did some research, and I decided that the one that I wanted to try was Robinhood. Now, the reason I picked Robinhood was it's a stock app that lets you um, it, it lets you trade and sell with zero uh, zero fees. So if you are a day trader, it's perfect. If you're doing high volume trades, it's perfect. Um, it's still in beta. But uh, it's it does work. You can use it. You can, I think you you can't do mutual funds. You can just do stocks. But uh, for the most part, I mean, like, uh, I'll just go into mine really quickly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we hear, we hear there, Chief. Okay, welcome back. Um, well, it says this recording is finished. Yeah, that's fine. Is it? Is yeah. it? Uh, we'll figure it out. Did you guys end it? No. No, it's still recording on my end. Don't worry about it. Just keep talking. It says Michael okay. 2, recording in progress. Everyone's recording in progress. You guys are getting a little inside baseball behind the scenes action there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, so anyway, I log into Robinhood, and actually, apparently I'm up. Uh, I, I, I've put it $600 into it. I'm up $20 bucks, um, in my stock gambling here. I know nothing about stocks, so <laughs> Did you um, pick I, stocks, or did like do they have recommendations you can no, go? No, they give you. They have some very limited news bites. So this is the problem with the people think people, the problems people have with with Robinhood. There's no real news and information. 
So they don't give you any assistance. This is like for someone who knows about stocks and knows how to buy, sell, and trade and wants to and is advanced. Not for someone like me. I picked it because I didn't want to deal with any fees and I wanted to buy and sell at a whim. Um, so they putting money into the app is almost instantaneous. Um, selling, buying stock is instantaneous. Selling stock is not instantaneous. What happens is when you sell the stock, the sell order is pushed and it recognizes it on the market, I guess, that you sold it. But the money gets tied up for like three days by Robinhood. So Robinhood sits on the cash for like three days, processing it out or something to go back into your account. It's pretty annoying. And I'm not talking about, um, I'll tell you guys so you don't make the mistake I made. I thought that that issue was like if you wanted to cash out of the app that's not the case if you want to this is if you sell some stock like i sold three shares of gopro or something like that i bought gopro so i sold three or four shares of gopro or something like that and uh it wasn't gopro something else but i sold three shares of something and when i sold those three shares they got stuck for three days i couldn't access the money it was like 76 dollars. i couldn't do anything with and for the most part when i sell stock you want to sell the stock and then immediately reapply that money to another stock you know like mm-hmm. i wanted to boost up my shares of yahoo or whatever and i couldn't do that the money's tied up so that's pretty annoying Apparently, they're trying to, once they get out of beta, they're going to let you instantly sell and the money will be yours back again. But right now, the holdup to go, it's called, it's called, what is it called? It's called uh, Robinhood Instant. And like when I do it, it's like Robinhood Instant, your 2,000, uh, excuse me, 233,594 of 251,497 in line. Yeah, And I'm like, dude, get wrecked. And it's like, invite friends. If you want to increase your chances for early access, invite friends. And I was like, dude, come on. So one thing they're really bad at at Robinhood, I think their customer service is shite. Um, when, you set up, when you set up the app, because of all the SSC filings and all whatever crap they have to do, when you sign up, when you set the app up, you have to put in... Uh, you have to get your social security number because of the Patriot Patriot Act. And I guess <laughs> America. Me. Yeah, basically. I guess that they ha I guess they have to make it so you have to they have to check scrub your name against like the ISIS database or something. I have no idea. Okay. But it took me like almost three weeks to get my account approved, which pissed me off yeah. to no end. That really annoyed the shit out of me. And I emailed them and I was like, what's going on with my account? And then, like, two days later, they're like, your account's approved. They emailed me. And I was like, okay, how do I tell the app my account's approved? And for another week, the account didn't become approved until one day it was like, poof, you're approved. I uninstalled and reinstalled the app, everything. It didn't – I couldn't get it to work. So now that it's working, you can buy and sell stocks pretty quickly. It seems pretty accurate. They give you little news bites, but they're very – like, here's one says, oil prices dip strong on the dollar. And you click, and it's like view an article. So they give you some information, but it's not good information. Um, anyway, do, they, do they honor the price at which you sold it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're really good about that. Um, and I mean, just put it this way. For the down, quick, hardcore, down and dirty aspect of it, it does exactly what it says it does. You can buy and sell stocks with no fees. If you want to do that, it's perfect. Um I'm basically buying stuff and letting it sit. 
you know, and then selling, I'm selling other things as I feel like I want to sell them, but most of them I'm watching. I don't know anything about stocks, so I have like, I'll give you a rundown of what I got. Two shares of Apple, one share of Netflix, five shares of GoPro, seven shares of Twitter, um, three shares of something called Pure Storage, 20 shares of a company I bought on a fucking whim, um, <laughs> called, cause I thought the name was cool. It was XXII, so 22nd. And it's the 22nd Century Group. NVIDIA, I bought one share of them because I thought I was going to catch when the Pascals came out, but I missed it. Um, and then MGT, Michael, you know who this is. This is the company, MGT uh, Financial Group or whatever, or Capital Investments, I think. Their CEO, they just hired John McAfee as their CEO. What? Yeah. And so people are expecting amazing things from this company. I bought 12 Why? shares of them because they were like $2 a share. Um, <laughs> Why are people expecting amazing things from well, this company? Well, because John McAfee hasn't done anything in like fucking 20 years. And they're like, if he's buying. Except become a hardcore nut. Really? Yeah, he's full kook. Oh, shit. Yeah, what are you talking about, Gene? I don't know. Look, okay, How do you look, not know? Look, the company's look, look. Okay, the company's stock was was in let's just say when was it? <laughs> September tenth, twenty fifteen. The stock was at twenty cents when McAfee was announced. The stock went up to what is this? He's like, no, it went down. It went no. down a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> no, they paid you to take it. A share. So if I had had the stock like, you know, in April or March 31st at 22 cents a share, if I had like 500 shares, I would have been like fucking paid, mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't, of course. So I said, 290 a share. I'll get in on this. I didn't know McAfee was crazy. I had no idea. I thought he was still like had his shit together. Nah, he's nuts. He's Where like on the run been? from he's like on the run from the law in Belize or some shit. Oh jeez, I didn't realize he was crazy. Well, James, anyway, he's within the whole Apple encryption fiasco was happening recently. Yeah, with the San Bernardino shooters and all that. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, in our other episode, we get to talk about that too because uh, apparently the real shooters were white. But um, oh, we talk about that another time. So um, when Apple's trying to decrypt this phone, Mac John McAfee said, "Oh, he could do it." Right? He's like, I could do it. He's like, if I can't, I'll eat my own shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. And then recently, now I didn't even put this in because it's so crazy, but recently, apparently he was like, I don't know if he has his own company now, like another company or something or what. Yeah, MGT but, Capital Investments. No, but some like security companies, like IT security companies. Yeah, they were a capital investments company, and then he said, "No, you're going to be a security company now." And he joined <laughs> them. He's like, "Now you are you are now a security company." That's basically what happened. Oh well, there you go. It's this so apparently they were they were trying to uh, like shop a story around to different reporters about how I don't know. The whole thing was like he's like, "Oh, I can." Uh, I can intercept any any text message that you you know you send or receive, right? But this whole thing was BS because they were they were sending the people he was sending them a phone. But like, all right, here's a phone, and watch me intercept the the text messages that you're sending and receiving from this phone that I sent you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had no idea. I got 20 shit shares of this shit show. That's only like just, 24 bucks, though. Just keep watching no, it. I've been losing money on it. I, mean, <laughs> I bought it at like three bucks a share. I thought, oh, it's going to jump up. I'm an idiot. Okay, well, anyway. Well, it's only, only like 10 bucks. Maybe when they announce he's fired, the shares will go, they'll skyrocket. No, they won't. They won't. They they can't. Well, they sky. They'll plummet to their usual depths of twenty two cents a share. <laughs> I'll owe them money. <laughs> um, Apparently, right, so. be a libertarian dot com. If you go there, it's a uh, it's John McAfee for president. There. <laughs> Perfect. You're yeah, investing in America's future. Literally. Well, I got one share of Yahoo. So, anyway, there's a bunch of stocks in here I'd love to get my hands on, my greasy little hands on, like Google, $700 a share, Amazon, $700 a share, just way out of my fucking ability. But I did gain $20 on some stocks that closed really good on Friday, so I don't know. But anyway, the app's called Robinhood, um, and I, I'm liking it. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's just called Robinhood. I'm liking the app. It's pretty beautiful. It's nice. It's a very easy to look at, easy to navigate. Do they I, have a minimum? Uh, no, they do not. They do not. You can put fifty bucks in there, nice. or twelve bucks, or whatever. Um, and my, it should my, get better over the over the I think it coming will. months. Yeah, I think I think it will. Um, my suggestion would be if you get this, what I do is I pop open Google Google Finance because Google Finance has a really robust uh, stock tracker. And they have they tie news in with the trackers, so you pick you basically make an online portfolio, um, and you can put all the stocks in you have, and then it pops up news on the side, kind of that corresponds with the portfolio, and you can look at the individual stocks over the months and everything like that. It's kind of interesting, but I'm not digging too deep into it. This is fun. It's play money. It's just something cool to do on the side, you know, like whatever. So anyway, there's that. Um, so Michael, you want to get us into this? Um, into this Windows uh, debacle? Oh, yeah. So, in Windows 10, they have a uh, feature that's called Wi-Fi Sense. And what this does, it allows you to share Wi-Fi networks with your contacts and to be automatically connected to networks shared by your contacts. So, this feature is... Okay, I've, I'm connected... Let's say I'm connected to my network here at home, right? My Wi-Fi network. And Evan, you're in my contacts. James, you're in my contacts. And a bunch of other people are in my contacts. That Wi-Fi information will be automatically shared with you. Mm-hmm. So then you come over with your computer, and you could just automatically connect to my network. Yeah, I don't like that. I can't see anything wrong that can go wrong with that. <laughs> Does so it actually were... share the password, or does it like generate uh, like a token that's like, oh, I recognize this. Okay, you can get on. Uh, I don't see how it. I don't think that's. I think it's. I think it's giving share the password. You know, it's yeah. giving Windows. Windows is talking to Windows, giving some weird. Maybe the person won't actually know the password, but they're yeah, but giving it's probably them, stored somewhere. You know? Yeah, and would you? It's like that's like I I, I saw that come on there, and I just I just disabled it. It, it it clearly yeah, you asks you. Feature off in Windows 10. Yeah, it clearly asks you, do you want to share Wi-Fi information with your contacts? And I was like, no, I don't even have contacts in this in this phone. So why would I want to start sharing shit with them? Beat it. 
Um, so they're but they're removing this feature from Windows 10 entirely now. Oh, that's good. Um, Hopefully, they'll leave a I don't think it's removed it. quite yet, but they're so people can just flip it on. It will. They're working on it. So, hmm. but yeah, they're they're getting rid of it. They said uh. They said the cost of updating the code to keep this feature working, combined with low usage and low demand, made this not worth further investment. Yeah. I mean, it says, it... Wi-Fi Sense, if enabled, will continue to get you connected to open Wi-Fi hotspot that it knows about through crowdsourcing. Okay. So. I think I think the problem is I think most people. Google, I mean, uh, Microsoft's like Google, man. They make some feature, and they just stuff it into this fucking thing. It's like you just take a fucking pig, and you stuff a bunch of shit into it, and you're like, just taste it. Come on, man. <laughs> Tell me about it. What am I about to bite into here? Yeah. You know? It's sketchy. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I stuck a goose in there. You're like, that's not good enough. <laughs> I need more information than that. Or some pigeon feet, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, Whatever, not enough. <laughs> Some glass shards for flavor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For that nice metallic taste. Yeah, maybe a little salad. You know, you <laughs> make it healthy. Come on, man. It's just a horrible. It's a horrible idea. I think it like I just wait wait for somebody to hack it and like get all your fucking Wi-Fi shit, or someone to say, or people like if people don't know it's there and they're just saying yes and turning it on. You know, or they they have some way people can get into your computer and turn it on. Then they can go in the computer and add themselves to your contacts. Now they get your Wi-Fi information. It's just it can go wrong so many different ways. Well, how people else, are reckless with their computers. How else are they supposed to expand their botnet? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's all about control. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's jump down to this fucking uh, Google shit here, because I'm like burning the crotch to tell you guys about this. And then we'll jump back up to number two here. Yep. Mike, you good with that? Yeah, go okay. right ahead. Excellent. Okay, so this week, probably the biggest thing that happened this week among, uh, you know, the few release notes about like, Windows and everything else, Google I.O., their their yearly developer con- con- uh, conference was this week. Um, a bunch of cool stuff came out of it. Uh, some things that I want to highlight real quick. Um probably uh the biggest one well there's probably two really big ones number one is what we knew google was working on already daydream um it's a it's their vr you know they were working on their virtual virtual reality thing ever since oculus came out they had the cardboard google cardboard which was actually a pretty pretty uh serviceable uh another word i never get to use in that way (laughs) a pretty serviceable vr headset you use your phone with in conjunction with a google a google nexus phone or other phone devices uh so it's pretty cool um so it looks like the daydream is going to be some kind of front end like web thing and then that lets you allows you to connect to the Play Store, play games, all kinds of things. And then they're gonna be they 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 released the pictures of a better looking. I don't want to call it a Google Cardboard, but it's a better looking thing like cardboard that you slide your phone into, and it has a remote control and stuff. So it just looks a little bit cleaner, a little neater. The the, the links in the show notes here. Um, the other thing here is Ello. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. That's Ello is their new uh, chat app. Um, so Ello Ello has uh, 
how does this say this? It's it's basically your basic chat app. They said it's like uh, it's not fair to call it a replacement for Google Hangouts because they said they're not going to do that, but Google probably is going to end up doing that because they are horrible. Um, but anyway, Google Ello, Ello, A L L O is a chat app. The biggest thing about it is it has at Google integration, so you can go in there and say at Google and then ask Google a question in the chat. This is really stupid. It's very cool, but really, really stupid, I think. This is my opinion, but I hate typing stuff on a tiny-ass keyboard to ask a complicated question to a fucking person. I definitely don't want to ask a fucking narrow-field AI uh, a question about... uh, Oh, what size is the fucking Eiffel Tower? No, I don't want to ask that. Um, the the other thing that's going to freak out and it's going to earn its way onto a stranger danger, it's on here once already in number two, but it's going to earn itself back on there later on, is one people realize that Google's basically reading all your chats. Because basically this thing will look in your chat and suggest stuff based on stuff that's being said. So if you say, oh, I'm looking for Chinese food, to your friend, like I tell Michael, hey, let's get Chinese food, you know, in uh, near your house. Then Ello will be like, oh, let's find Chinese restaurants near Michael's house. And it's honestly amazing that it can fucking figure that out and it can do it. It's really cool. Fucking super sketch. Like, I don't want Google reading my chats, you know? I don't want it, like, understanding it or processing it or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's already reading my email, so maybe I'm just being a paranoid maniac, but... Uh, I think it's kind of like a bridge too far. Um, the other cool, the coolest thing I think the thing can do is whisper and shout. Uh, it's basically lets you change the font size kind of in a, in a native way, like by pushing up or down. So you can say without all capsing something, you can say, Oh, that's really a big deal. You know, you make this really big, the words are really big or you make the words really small. I think that's like proof that someone is thinking about, Stuff that people would be like, this is really cool, you know, because that's like one of those small things that makes chat fun and useful, because that's one thing that chat I think is very bad at is conveying emotion. Like we I'm sure we've all gotten in trouble saying something that we said as a funny thing and someone on the other side interpreted as this guy's being an asshole to me right now, you know, so it's kind of good if they can help you convey emotion, which this is kind of saying whisper or shout, so keep it quiet or let's be loud and excited about this. You know, I think that's kind of interesting. If they could find a way, like that goes up and down, if they can make a left or right that can like made turn red or green or red or cool blue to say oh, really peaceful or really mad or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, but um, that's I think is the coolest thing about Ello right now. The Google Google integration is nice, but I'm never going to use it, and I'm a huge Google fanboy. You know, I just don't like typing, and I'm not going to start typing to fuck Google to ask him questions. Um, let's see. Next up is Duo. Well, Duo. Go ahead, be- before we move on from uh, from Ello, oh, yeah. Just a, a quick mention. Um, one thing that they're, uh, I guess, excited to announce is that there is end-to-end encryption. However, it is not on by default. Yeah. You have to turn it on, which makes me think that there's also an off switch, uh, which could be triggered by someone who you don't want to um, necessarily be able to see your chats. So, yes, Google reads our emails. Yes, Google reads whatever we type into Hangouts, because if you type something into the search bar in Gmail, um, it 
you know, and if it's, if you had said something like that in a Hangouts conversation, it has a record of it. It'll bring that up and show you the whole conversation. So they're definitely reading that. The thing to, <clears throat> to uh, consider, I guess, is if you enable the end-to-end -end encryption, then the whole like voice assistant stuff doesn't work. If that was important to you at all. Uh. So, eh, whatever, just worth a quick mention. Well, I figure if you're fucking like... Uh, this is part of their master plan to get everyone not to enable encryption. I don't think so. I really it's don't off think by, so. It's off by default, and if you enable it, it disables all the other features. I, I See, I, I don't think that's the case. I think I think this is, a number one, a huge misstep by Google by having it be off by default. I think this is them being soft on the government and trying to be like, hey, we're not the fucking encryption guys here, even though they really are. Um, they're the ones who are like, yeah, all our sites are SSL, blah, 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 whatever. We're going to encrypt everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, that was them. They're like the first ones to start doing that. So now they do this, and they put in an encryption there, but they make it an opt-in thing. Normally, Google makes you opt out of that kind of stuff. So this is like a backwards, a step back for them, but I don't think it was like this intentional evil empire thing. And... You know, the article that Evan has in here, um, Snowden says, oh, I'm going to boycott it. It's already in there. I mean, it's just have to, you just have to turn it on. I mean, he's kind of overhyping, trying to extend his 15 minutes, I think. And uh, it's really great that he's saying that, but I'm just like, uh, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I would well, say just turn it on. Not, I'm not going to use this app anyway. It's fucking... He's not wrong. I mean, the, the problem is... But you can turn you it know. on. It's not like it's not well, there. Of course you can turn it on, but... It means most people are not going to turn it on. Most people don't know what encryption even is, dude. Mo you realize most people don't care. Most people don't care. The people who we see on an everyday basis don't know what encryption is and don't give a shit. They aren't trying to buy yellow cake uranium or move <laughs> fucking move fucking weight through the fucking Indonesian plain peninsula. They're not trying to fucking like fr they're not freedom fighters. They're just everyday fucking white folks who own a piano. Okay, they're just regular motherfuckers. <laughs> Standard issue white people. Standard issue white people who own pianos. Yeah. Okay, they're regular <laughs> motherfuckers. They don't even know it. They don't care what it is. They know they don't. They don't even realize Google's reading their email. And you tell them that even now we've known it for years, and they're like, "What?" They're like, ah. and then all of a sudden it's something malicious to them, even though they don't. You know, they realize they don't never put together that Google. When you search for something, it pops up in the search that you, or when you looked at something, it's now, you're getting, being stalked by emails of it, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. I guess they probably also didn't enable encryption by default because it would be harder for them to harvest data. Or impossible. Yeah. Since they couldn't read your stuff then. And also the, fe uh, and also the features. All the little features, but yeah, yeah, I think it's probably ultimately yeah, I mean, I guess... fiduciary responsibility to their their whole thing is ads. They want to read that information. They want to process it and try to s scrape whatever they can out of it. So they're not going to like their big money ticket item is ads and and how they can target people. So of course they want that thing to be off by default. Yeah, very true, very true. But it's a this is a this is like a honestly it's a it's a miss. You know, and I, I'm sure you guys will agree. No one is going to use this. Like the coolest thing about it is the whisper and shout thing. I think. I think they take this out and put it into Hangouts and put it into something else. But it's it's a miss. I mean, I'm not going to ask Google in a chat about this. It, it, and the thing is, the stuff it does, 
you can tell they're thinking. Like, they're thinking, this is going to be helpful to people. But it's a fucking engineer. Like, this is an app by an engineer who types all day. He types code all day, and he's like, of course I would fucking ask Google in my fucking chat. No, you're not. Like, people talk like, are you, you know, an axe, and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. in chat. They don't fucking use even real words. You know, it's just, it's stupid. No, I, you I, don't use real words. No, but that's but for a different reason. You're the minority. <laughs> people who you, people who type like a normal human being are the minority, not the majority. Most of the people who use chat a lot are fucking kids, and you know maybe pe- and people our age who use ton lots and lots of chat. But we're I think we're a minority. We're not the, the my mom would never use this. You know. You know what they're trying to compete with? Yeah. Um. Fucking iMessage. Uh. No, I think it's WhatsApp. That too. What do you mean? That's Does iMessage integrate Siri or something? Well, it's, um, I mean, of course, you can dictate your messages, you know, mm-hmm. if you want it to. He's saying I because he has a fucking iPhone, and to him, no, I'm saying that because the world. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> iMessage is encrypted if you're doing, you know, if it's iMessage and not a text message. Ah. Okay. So. So, before I interrupted you, James, you were going to speak about no, Duo? Yeah, Duo. Basically, th- this, I think, is probably more closely to what Michael's talking about. This is like a direct shot at FaceTime. Um, and their biggest push with this thing is that it works on any platform. Um, you can have a Mac or whatever, your desktop, not desktop, but any, any um, device this will work with. So the cool thing about this is this is supposed to be end-to-end encrypted. Now, I'd honestly, I didn't, from the keynote, they don't say that it's opt-in or opt-out, and it very well may be. I couldn't find any more information on it. What are we, uh, what are we talking about? Duo, which is their, the new, other new thing. It's a, it's a video conferencing. It's like, it's like Hangouts, um, but it basically... Oh, okay. When you click, when you look at someone in, like, when someone calls you in Duo, when the phone is in the ringing mode, it shows you a live feed from their camera. So they had to do something very, very complicated with, I think it's WebRTC or mm-hmm. something. The whole basis, the base tool for video chat, they had to do something very complicated to make it so that pre-connection, you see the video, live video feed from the caller's thing. So people are, like, waving, like, Freaking like, hey, I'm jerking off over here. Pick up the phone, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, I know that a lot of people are going to do that. Like, I know hey, that's your st- that's your standard greeting. Here's my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the phone, <laughs> you know. Here's, here's my fucking, asshole. Here's the fucking starfish, motherfucker, you know. So people, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's really cool, but it's another thing. I'm like, dude, whatever. Um, I, I think the cool, person. I think the cool thing about this is it's going to be. It's cross-platform, so people will use, people might use it more. Um, but it's it all it's all contingent on Google doing something they don't they do really poorly, which is advertise and market. And they don't market these things. They make these cool apps and cool stuff, and they Explain don't. Explain to me the difference between this and Google Hangouts video. Um, there's the only the only difference is that uh, is Google Hangouts video encrypted in the end? I have no idea. I don't I, know either. I don't know. The, I don't know the window says HTTPS, but uh, yeah. for whatever that's worth. Yeah, they, but they, it shows they, you the live video apparently, which is nice. 
Yeah, so it shows you that that's the the biggest thing is the live video. This is more like I think I, I look at this duo, and besides the live video thing, this this to me feels like more of like you like Google saying we did a lot of cool stuff on the back end, and now we're gonna let you guys play with it, and let's see what you can do with it in like five years, and see how many companies sprout up for our te- from our technology, and that's what Google likes to do, right? They like to make these things and then put it out there and see and how many ideas. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and they kill them because some other company comes out and makes it better and markets it better. You know, Um, this is cool, but it's not going to get advertised. It's going to fucking fall off. It's going to be totally forgotten. Um, But they did particularly say with this, there's end to end encryption. So I don't know if it has to be enabled Mm. or not. Um, Something I'm I'm curious about is why instead of doing this, like why has Google not taken a page from Skype and created like a video voicemail thing for Hangouts. Unless that already exists and I just don't know how to use it. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't even know Skype could do that. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a fairly simple addition. Skype is so offensive that, uh, (laughs) that I I would never, I hate using it. I would never use that feature just because I hate Skype. But you could leave yourself, you know, uh, a nice video voicemail to your mom and she would open up your your email or whatever and click play and it would that'd be a nice present. Moms like things like that. Happy birthday, fucker. They're sappy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I greet my mom on her birthday. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, actually, that's really cool. I never thought about that. I never thought about using that like that. But, you know, most only – I don't know. I guess people in certain circles have a Skype. Most of the people who I travel in their circles, they don't they don't use Skype. So um, I don't know why they haven't done it. Maybe Google doesn't find it valuable or maybe they figure out – figure oh, We, feel like it's we tried using Skype for this show, actually. We did. But uh, we found it hard to record that way. Yeah, it's very bloated. Um, although of course we can't record with Google Hangouts either. Nope. So we're actually using the third option. Yep. A shotgun. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the any of the issues with recording Skype, James, you seemed to do it fine. I was unable to figure it out. Uh, but I didn't have much experience with that program. Yeah. Um. I. I, I... Yeah, that's a whole other podcast about how we made a podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's so meta, man. Yeah, big time meta. <laughs> I, 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 I did not like. I'm not a huge fan of Skype, so I didn't really want to use it. I, I had, I had tons and tons of experience recording it, and I'm not. I've never been a fan. It always feels like it's just about to break, you know. <laughs> and it, 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 seriously, that's how it feels to me. I always felt like so out of control with it. Even though this thing we're using is super sketchy, it's in beta, and I kind of expect it to be sketchy. And for the most part, it comes through every time, fifteen to twenty percent of the time. So I don't mind it. But Skype always feels like it's on the edge of like Cyloning and being fucking sketchy and not letting me record. And then the hokey third-party app doesn't want to link up. It just you know, so many questions, and then, ugh, anyway. Um, and also a lot of work to do that Do that thing. Um, we have not yet found our final solution. Not to be confused with Hitler's I final solution. Hitler. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, uh... That word, those two words can't ever be said to any of us without us being like, Hitler. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> okay, so anyway, next up is Firebase. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about this. I put this in here because Firebase was a company they bought that made developer tools, and the developer, uh, they did stuff for developers to help them with apps. Um, I found it interesting because basically they made this company, they bought this company, sucked it in, and then made it more valuable, I think, um, by adding a lot more as far as what you could do with for the developers. Um so there's that that's if you're a developer then that's worth Firebase is worth checking out. It's apparently a free tool that was just released. It's probably the one of the number one things that just came out when I when the uh Google IO started, which normally on when Google IOs is released during the keynote, everything they talk about in the keynote becomes open and gets released. But that didn't happen this year. The only thing they had ready to go was this this thing with was Firebase. Um uh, by the way, yeah, Elo and Duo won't be out till later on this year. Um, so anyway, developer tools, pretty cool. Uh, another thing I know that they talked about: apparently, you can search for hugs in your in your. In your if you if you use the Google Photos app, you can search all your photos for hugs and kisses. Uh, um, I did that. It's pretty creepy. I found a lot of pictures of like me and a dude, like when our faces were near each other. It's like, oh, kisses. Mm. So yeah, it's not 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 too cool. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that came out of this, uh, about the hugs thing was how good Google's visual search is. Uh, and obviously a lot of the tools that the visual, a lot of things the visual search can do aren't, uh, they're obscured to the regular users and you can't get at them, but they showed on the keynote, like searching for a Pomeranian, and a Pomeranian wearing a hat or something like 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 they could find like those like that level of detail uh, with the computer searching, which I thought was really cool. And it tells you how far they've come as far as their visual search and the data set they use for it. Um, finally, the thing that I think Evan and Michael are going to hate uh, but love is the Google Google Home. Um, probably the best thing. OK, so Google Home is their competitor to Alexa. Uh it's tied in with all the very smart Google, okay, Google AI. So, uh, sorry if I just woke up anyone's phones. Um, <laughs> so basically you could say, you know, okay, Google do this. Okay. You know, Google do that, whatever. And, and they're going to use that revolve thing that we talked about. I think we talked about this last week and a few weeks ago where revolve is going to be interconnected. That company, they bought that company it was a, a Internet of Things hub that had all these radios and antennas and shit in it, and they shut that company down, shut its services down. That is going to be in this Google Home thing, I guarantee you. Uh, and that thing is going to – so Google Home is – they've already said it can control your lights, the locks, and all this. They've already said it can do all that stuff. So they're going to use the same technology from that company that they just shut down, the Revolve company or Revolver or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um this thing will be out later on this year. It's supposed to be cheaper than Alexa, but they really haven't said. Um, but how many of them do you need? Because after watching the video, those looked like there was one in almost every room. Well, let's be honest. For Alexa, you need one in every room. You know? Okay. Um, Alexa, they never show that with Alexa. They just show guys, they show people carrying it around. Like, like, <laughs> like, you, like you kind of assume they just said, oh, let me take this into the bedroom. Let me put it in the bathroom, you know? Um, and Alexa has a plug, so you have to unplug her, you know. I hope this thing doesn't have a plug. It didn't look like it did 
when they were carrying it around on stage, but that doesn't mean anything. It was it may not have been a working unit. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it has wireless charging. To me, it looked uh, like a large stone glade air freshener. It's yeah, exactly what it looked like. That stone was one of their decor colors. Oh. Yeah, so basically you lift the top unit out and that decor, that stone thing is a speaker is a speaker mesh. It's like an old school speaker for the front of a speaker. Oh, so that's cool. That's the speakers is four speakers in a row at the bottom and they sit in that mesh. Um now the cool thing about this I think that you guys will like is it has a mute button. I saw that on the when they did the little roundabout. Now that doesn't mean it'll be in it when they release it, but the version they showed in the video had a mute button and I thought this is pretty cool. So I can fucking mute this thing. It doesn't have to listen to all my conversations all the time. Um mm. Which kind of surprises me Google did that, right? It kind of, like, I feel like Google wants that data. They want to hear you talking and, like, listen to you say, oh, my God, Julie's pregnant. So they can, like, start fucking aggregating that data and getting you all the diaper ads and everything lined up, you know? Um, but Start the rumor mute. mill at the local high school. Yeah, basically. Um, it has a mute button, though, which is really cool. So, anyway, the video, if you guys watch the keynote, and I, I put a – I gave Michael and Evan a different video, which is not a very good video. The keynote Thanks. is – the video is 132 uh, – an hour and 32 minutes in and 32 seconds, and I'll put the link in the description in the – I'll put the link in the thing here to that time stop that gives you the, the very nice, better quality video of what, they, what they're saying when Google Home is complete how it will work um it looks really cool i felt like it makes some into they make some the google okay google tool makes some very intuitive leaps uh which is i thought was really interesting i was like this thing's getting really close to ai you know it's really really close now and i thought that was pretty cool so i don't know you guys watched the video what what did you think uh i thought it was pretty cool especially when the the little boy was talking about like um you know, what's the nearest star system or something? And can you show it to me uh, on the TV? Now, granted, the unit itself was right below the TV. So I assume like they were paired at some point or maybe it's smart enough to be like, okay, he's asking me to show him uh, on the TV from this unit. This is the closest TV. He's going to be standing in the same room. I'm going to put it here. Um, I think it seems very well very well thought out. Um, another thing when the wife was saying like, uh, she said, okay, Google, or I don't, did she say Google? Okay. Google or Google home or something like that. She said, okay, Google. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Google. Um, where's my package? Well, what if you have more than one package coming? It'll probably give you options. I don't know. Not really a, a big, you know, um, bump in the road or anything. Also, since you mentioned the mute button, I wonder if it will have, um and like a, an auditory or, or voice privacy option like if you say okay google um privacy please or something you know uh and it, it will stop listening to the one in whatever room you're in or if you walk around the house talking to yourself like a crazy person and you still want privacy maybe it will start picking up the audio in the next room you're going to recognize that it's your voice and that you requested privacy from another unit and you haven't sort of reinitiated the system and it will turn that one off and re-enable their first one. So like follow you around the house, not listening. If you can imagine, <laughs> imagine that. That'd be cool though. But I think you're giving it way too much credit. <laughs> I think we both are. Maybe. 
you know, I hope it, first generation, it's not going to be perfect, of course. Yeah. I When I saw the video, that was the thing I picked up on the most was the uh, – that's the thing I picked up on, on the most was the – was the the TV thing, and I thought, oh, it knows he's there by this TV. It knows what room he's in. So I kind of figure there's some interface somewhere that says Unit Twelve is in the living room, connected to TV sixteen, and oh, you know what I mean. Like there's some kind of like network diagram where you kind of have said these devices are in the same room, these devices are in the same room, these devices are in the same room, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I wonder if they have an app to go with it or something where you can lay out your they lay out your must. house. Yeah. They must, because he says in the beginning of the, the thing, he says, can you turn off all the things in Jeremy's room or turn on the lights in Jeremy's room? Yeah. So it has to know what Jerry, Jeremy's room is, um, which I guess they understand is the next stage for this Internet of Things shit is where we understand where this whole we understand where everything is placed and we can relate that information to a data set. So I yeah. don't know. Kind of cool. I liked how, um, you know, also not not a new technology. You know, you have an intercom system throughout the house or you have speakers throughout the house, but it was like uh, play, play morning playlist. So, okay, that's nice. Play throughout the whole house. And then like everyone's speaker turns on and starts playing this morning playlist. I think that's kind of a, uh, a cool feature. You know, if you have parties or something like that. Oh, dude, I want that so bad. Uh, you don't know how long, cause I listen to, I listen to podcasts and I listen to, Tons of podcasts and audiobooks. So, and everybody should know that by now. So, um, when I basically what I do is when I want to listen to my audiobook, I put the phone in my pocket and I walk around with the phone in my pocket playing the thing. I would love to put the phone, plug it in, and then say play. You know, pick up my audio audiobook throughout the house. I'd love to do that, and I could walk around and just it's playing everywhere I go. You know, if it could track me, that'd be one better. But even if it doesn't do that, you know, if it just knew it just played the music, that'd be awesome. Like that would be that's what I want. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would you know what? I totally don't mind spending one hundred and seventy nine dollars per unit if it promises me all those things. The good the Amazon device. It doesn't seem as though the other Alexas talk to each other. So if you have one Alexa, it doesn't seem like they know. You know, they're not they, like you can't. They didn't show any functionality. Where and, and look, this is probably a thing they can upgrade, but they yeah. didn't show any functionality to say, "Oh yeah, you can talk to whatever, you can do this or that." They had speakers that you could add around the house, but even those seemed very limited. It was like a like a a tiny Alexa or something like that, and then there was one that was mobile, and you're like, "Okay, but are they really connected? Like, what am I really getting out of this?" Yeah, it doesn't seem as robust. But then again. You know, I don't think Amazon recently bought a company like Revolve yeah. and closed them and started, you know, reappropriated their technology. Yeah, um, I wonder if it'll have like a broadcast feature, so you can be in the kitchen and be like, uh, "Okay, Google, broadcast to the whole house." Like, Kevin, get the fuck up. We're late. That'd be He's awesome. like, "Ah, that'd be awesome." And you leave it on, and then you have an argument about with your yeah. wife about the woman you has you cheated on her with. Yeah. Your kids hear it. That'd be awesome. Oh. <laughs> or you could give it keywords. Just be like, okay, Google earmuffs, and then it mutes all the speakers in the kids' room. Like you fucking motherfucker. Oh uh, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> hope you died a fire, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So uh, I think. Um, well, first generation. So uh, I mean, the what they showed in the video. Hopefully, it's that. I guess seamlessly integrated. Um. 
and not sort of what they want it to be in five years. But, you know, if it takes five years, that's that's the way things are going anyways. I can only fight it for so long. I'm not ready to wholeheartedly embrace it, but um, maybe certain features. I think in five years, someone's going to come out with a security conscious version with the same stuff that we talked about before on this show. Because I know that there's I know there's more people than just us who want a device that you could build onto yourself with like downloadable modules that uses like a generic like if I download a fucking 16 gig file that's like all the words or something you know something like that that way I don't have to integrate work with some server or integrate with something else and I can just control it myself or if I'm in a place that doesn't have internet like I'm in my house I don't have internet I want to break the system out and set it up and go mm-hmm. you know that's that'd be perfect like I, so someone's gonna make something. If we give it five years, you'll see the 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 fucking shit will be on GitHub, and you can just download the source. <laughs> yeah. Now I wonder if each of those uh, individual devices has to be connected to the internet, or if it all connects through uh, that Revolve Hub or whatever. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. I would, Mike. Hope, I would hope it's just Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean that could your network could get crowded pretty quickly, but I guess I'm I'm underestimating Wi-Fi networks. I'm like, oh, there's 11 devices. It's overloaded. Feels like that <laughs> in my job. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's fine. Sure you can have, you know, now they have light bulbs and shit that are have Wi-Fi, so it can't be uh, you know. Yep. If all your light bulbs crowded crowded you out of your own network, you'd be like, "Great." Yep, you know. All right, so let's uh, let's let's do it. Let's do a Audible ad real quick here. Um, <laughs> let's get a word from our sponsor here. Um, so yeah, Audible, Michael, you like it? Audible, as you know, is awesome. It's like they're um, they're good people. <laughs> we're the worst at ads. <laughs> we are. We are. Um, I use Audible, you know, damn near every day. Uh, this week I've been listening to an oldie but a goodie called Demon by Daniel Suarez. Um, it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N, because it's supposed to be like the Unix demon. And it is a great, I'll just call it techno thriller. Well, we'll call it that. Um, and there's actually two books in the series. The first book, which is... Um, Demon, and the second book is Freedom TM. TM. And they're both awesome. So, definitely recommend those. I don't want to give away too much um, that happens in the books. Evan, I think you would actually enjoy those. They're very uh, action-packed. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot going on. And a lot of, a lot of technical stuff. Definitely, they don't they don't let down on the technical stuff. And where does it stand on the music front? Um, right between a negative five and a negative ten. Okay. What does that mean? I'm all about the negatives. Yep. So no, nothing to do with music at all. Yep. Okay. Well, I got I got to dock you some points on that one, but uh, continue. <laughs> so no, it's a it's a good book. Um. Yeah, you know, about the downfall of society, and whatnot. So it's oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 
you know. Um, but but for a purpose, you know. Ah, for the greater so. good, we must eliminate mankind. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's good. Yeah, I know, James. You've read those, and uh, like three times each. Yeah. It's a great uh, that author does all his books are great. Um, in fact, I was just talking with a guy at work and wondering when the next one from the same author would be coming out because, to me, it's been a while. I almost got duped because uh, actually the the last book he think he did he did was called Influx, and I went on Audible and I was trying to download the book. I was looking to see if his name is Daniel Suarez. I was looking to see if he had done another one, and I saw a new book from him with another name called like snake something or the snake pit or snake hole or it had a snake or something yeah it's german so because audible is awesome and they have books in german (laughs) so the book has it's like influx with a different name basically um and i thought it was the same i almost bought it but i didn't yeah i've seen those i'm like oh oh never mind yeah exactly so anyway, let, let's uh, quickly about Audible. One hundred eighty thousand, uh, one hundred eighty thousand uh, <laughs> copies. <laughs> it's on sale now for one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, there's one hundred eighty thousand uh, uh, different titles titles up there for you to try. Uh, the first book is on the house. It's free. Michael has signed off and given his approval to make sure you get one free month or one free book. You get to keep the book. Uh, you don't have to do anything crazy. You go sign up. Uh, the sign-up page is audibletrial.com slash IOPanel. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, slash yep. IOPanel. So uh, go sign up there. Get the free book. Uh, it's on It's on us. Like I said, Michael's approved it. Go go get this. Go get the Demon uh, or Freedom TM if you want to jump in the middle of the saga. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, go get Influx. Go get any of Daniel Suarez's books. They're absolutely amazing. Um if you want to be a total psychopath prepper weirdo, not a psychopath, that's not not fair. A realist. If you want to be, <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a prepper realist, the book I'm listening to right now, which I just picked up, it's called The Prepper's Crucible Omnibus. It's three books crammed into a. It's it's a three book omnibus all together. Uh, it's only six hours long. It's pretty short, um, but it's really good. Uh, they cover everything but gas, and I plan on talking to you guys about that book in great length when I finish about it, because it's really good if you're into prepping. We're going to have a prepping episode or something like that, so um, we'll talk about that. But very, very good book, uh, The Prepper's Omnibus, um, along with tons of other books. So go check it out, audibletrial.com slash IOPanel. All right. Just like um, Whoopi Goldberg, we're back in the habit. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Let's jump to... um, one quick thing for the Yum update. I know we're done with that, but one quick thing for the Yum update. There's a new drink thing out that's supposed to be better than Soylent and tastes better. Uh, I'm going to wait until it comes out. I'm not even going to tell you the guy's the name, mostly because I don't remember, and I'm just throwing this in at the last minute. If I can find the link, I'll put it in, but it's uh, a new drink, better than Soylent, tastes better, and they it's, it's uh, all GMO-free and... It's supposed to give you all the calories, everything you need. You just add water and shake it up. It's supposed to be really cool. It comes inside a jar, pre-done. You don't have to pour or mix anything crazy. Just water or milk and shake. Very cool. So I'll let you guys know. It comes out. It's released in September. So it'll be a while before hmm. I can get into it. But I just saw it, and it looks pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, okay, Michael, you want to – or someone want to take us to talk about this DIY, DIY uh, sure. goodness here? 
Sunday, 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 giant, giant, robot, robot, battle, battle. So <laughs> it's oh actually my. posted um, almost a year ago. Uh, an American company called Megabots built what what I would loosely refer to as a tread-based ED-209 as your 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 favorite uh, RoboCop reference. Yep. Uh, featuring a two-man crew and uh, firing... It's large paintballs at a bit like a hundred miles an hour. Um, so they challenged a Japanese company named Sui Sui Dobashi, I believe, um, who had created their own uh, Kuratas battle death robot um, to a, a, a fight to the death, basically, which should be happening um, in about two months, sometime July. Uh, 2016th. So the Japanese company graciously accepted back when the challenge was first made, um, but suggested that they also add melee combat to uh, to the available uh, battle parameters. So we'll do a quick rundown. The uh, the Megabot uh, battle bot is 12,000 pounds, 15 feet tall, crewed by two gentlemen. Uh, it's on it looks like construction equipment treads that cannot move individually uh, and fires paintballs. This is at the time of their challenge recording. The Japanese battle death robot is 9,000 pounds, 13 feet tall, manned by one person, has hands that can grip. Uh, it looks like three individually uh, moving legs on wheels, so it's quite mobile. And on at least one of its arms, it features actual Gatlin guns. Um, so my money's on the Japanese. The Gatlin guns shoot airsoft BBs. Okay. Just... <laughs> my money's still oh, on the not, Japanese. Not 50 cal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if this actually does happen... Straight up murder the, the other... <laughs> People. Yeah, they shoot right through them. Oh, I, I didn't understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it ha- actually happens, um, then hopefully there will be some streaming or some video, uh, you know, captured of it. We'll watch, report back, and link appropriately. I don't know if they got the money to do it. Um, I know they were talking about it like last year, but they were like trying to get money. And everything, and I don't know whatever cabinet. Did you watch the video, the response of the mm-hmm. Japanese company? Yeah. They're like, Kurotas accepto, accepto, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, this fucking Japanese bastard's cocky as fuck. I think but, he's going to win, though. I think he's going to win, too. Because Unless American- the American strategy is basically just to use its uh, weight and the slight height advantage to just like ram into the into the Japanese one. Kurotas is a lot faster. Yeah. And a lot, probably a lot more agile. I think so. I don't know. We all know who the experts are at. At yeah, giant death robots is Japan's thing. Yeah, 100%, correct. Hundred percent. It's in their blood. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, they built and their blood is in it. They build this shit seriously, correct. man. They're like, yeah, this is the future. I mean, they're they they're you know that's the fucking Japan, dude. They're no, insane upset. and awesome. It's okay. Yeah, that's it. Correct. So I hope it actually happens. Me too. I'm sure we'll forget about it for two months and be like, "Oh yeah, remember that thing?" Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll have to get, try to keep an eye on it. Um. All right. 
Well, yeah, looking forward to that then. Uh, all right, I just added something here at the last second to our uh, to our rundown. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't mind, I just wanted to throw this in, mention it um, under the sci-fi category. There's a TV show that I've been watching for the last kind of couple of years, and it's actually based on a book. It's called The Strain. So it is essentially about vampires. Um, but they're not like normal vampires, you know, they have a little, what's a twist? You know, they have a twist. Mm-hmm. They're vampire um, bros. Huh? They're vampire bros. <laughs> yeah, vampire bros, you know, they like to hang out and, you know, <laughs> pop the collars and shit. No. Um, <laughs> they, uh, no, they, um, <clears throat> instead of just being, they're kind of like the vampires, well, not even like that, but, okay, you've seen Blade two they have like those weird vampires yeah they're kind of like that except they have a long I'll just call it a long tongue it's not really the right word but a long tongue that comes out of their mouth and attack they attack you with that oh and like a mosquito the tongue, the tongue the tongue at the end of it has like a yeah a stinger but it's not a stinger it, it bites you and sucks your blood or whatever a straw Siphon? Yes. So, that's that's how they get you. Um, but they're also kind of like zombies at the same time, because they're semi-mindless. That is like a lame... That is a plus <laughs> with a huge minus. Well, it's a minus for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's an interesting... Uh, I like it though. It's basically these things are invading New York City, and New York City is cut off from the rest of the world. You know, quarantine, this kind of this and that. Um, and it's about this group. You know, a CDC doctor and his his little group of, you know, I'll use miscreants again. Um, <laughs> ne'er-do-wells yeah exactly (laughs) trying to uh you know trying to stop it trying to fight it trying to whatever so season two this show is usually on during the summer so season two has come and gone and the show's normally on fx uh i believe this coming summer maybe august sometime it's gonna uh season three will start so so seasons one and two are already out. Check them out; um, they're good. It's also a book. Yeah, I read so, the book. So, um, uh, James, I think you've read the book, haven't you? Yeah, I physically read it. I think I, I don't think it was an audio book. It was a physical copy, or I downloaded it like I torrented the the fucking, I torrented the audio the audio book or something. It's not in my hmm. Audible thing. I looked for it, but I did that. I did listen to the book. I thought the book was weird. It has this kind of spooky mystery vibe. That I thought was good, but eh, it wouldn't. It didn't at that time when I was reading that. I was like into vampire books, and I was reading a bunch of supernatural vampire shit and mm-hmm. wizard shit and stuff. And it wasn't. I didn't think it was great. I thought it thought it thought too much of itself. I saw the TV show, and the TV show made me angry because I was like, it insists upon itself. 
<laughs> no, it, 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 you know, just like for me, I rage quit TV shows all the time because I'm just like, why can't there be more right now? You know, when it's done, you know? <laughs> so I kind of watched the first episode and I was like, I want to see some more. Show me more. And then, of course, the TV didn't do anything but show me the news or something. So I just got pissed and I quit. But it, the show was, I was impressed with the TV show. I thought the TV show was okay. You know, the book was, the book was okay too, but it was just like, uh, it, it was, it thought it was too big for, it was just too big for itself. That book was, it was like, thought it took itself way too seriously for me. Is the, there um, anyone of note or worth mentioning in the show? Well, Vampire the, book? the author of the book, so it's two, two guys who are the author. One of them is Guillermo del Toro. Ah, uh, Yes. And they, those, him and the other guy—I can't remember his name—they're they're both in charge of the show, also. So the same guys who wrote the book are actually making the TV show. Mm-hmm. There are, and from what I understand, there are differences between the TV show and the book. Yeah, there are. Um, but that's okay. Um, yeah, they're the only, the main character is, uh, like I said, a CDC doctor. He's um. You know he's he does a pretty good job. Uh, I can't remember his name. Is he a that guy? You would know him. Hmm. You would know him. Um, is it the guy you said? Oh, he was from Lost. No, different guy. Okay. This guy, his name is Corey Stoll. Um. Oh, that's why we know him. James, you've seen House of Cards, right? Yeah. Do you remember the congressman in the bathtub? Yeah. That guy. Congressman Peter Russo in the House of Cards? Yeah. It's played by the same actor who does who plays the main character in The Strain. Yeah, right, 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 right. Hmm. Um his the actor's name is Corey Stoll. So, Okay. Okay, so here's something that um honestly I'm a bad person for listening to this book series. Um, uh, shit. I don't want to download it. Just to stop. Uh, yes, yeah, stop downloading. Cancel. Let me just look at this. See, send book uh, before you go. Read summary. Okay, so this book was it's a series about vampires. It's like 13 books, and I read like almost all of them. Uh, it's like honestly, with the greatest shame. <laughs> of my life because it's a chick vampire series. Um, it's about, you know, basically like love and vampires. And, you know? Jesus. Yeah. But it was, I hate to say it. It was actually pretty good, <laughs> but it's just like, unfortunately, if you have to put away all the chick stuff, like obviously women have this really warped sense of how they think guys think. And this, I realized from reading this book, I was like, this is why women think this stuff. Because other women who write these books think they're experts on men and they write this shit. Anyway, I'm off tracking, but that was a decent vampire series. And it was called, um, I don't know what you call it. The main character's name is Merritt. And the books are called the Chicago Land Vampire Series. Um, they take place in Chicago. And there's vampires, werewolves, pixies, fucking fairies, lycanthropes. I guess that's a vampire, werewolf, um, and all kinds of various creatures. Um, gnomes, water elves, all kinds of weird shit. But it just takes place in this world, and it's actually pretty good. 
Uh, it's interesting. All the, all the vampires have katanas and shit. I mean, it's pretty, in that sense, it's kind of interesting. But uh, that I thought was a good one. And then also uh, one that doesn't have vampires in it, but it has its wizards. It's really famous, probably the most famous wizard book other than Harry Potter. Um, I can't think of the name of it to save my life. I'd have to look, but um, uh, that's a pretty good series, too. Wizards and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called Wizards and Shit. But I, it just, it's another one. I just stopped reading it because I got bored with it. Um, well, thank you for your review of a book you can't think of the fucking name. Yeah, I'm really bad. Uh, I'll find it before the, show's in, before the show ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that so. judgy, judgy <laughs> ass. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Thank you, James. Um, so, yeah, The Strain, check it out, you know. If you like, uh, if you like, you know, some vampire stuff, a little little twist on it, um, you know. Of course, it's it's also, you know, like any of these TV shows, there's some drama, you know, this and that. The Dresden Files, that was the TV show. There was a TV show called The Dresden Files, and the book is called the book. Uh, uh, the books are called. Uh, oh yeah, I think we have another friend who who likes those. Yeah, the book's called the book. The, it's called. There's one Stormfront, Full 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 Moon, or Full Moon Grave Peril. It's a bunch of various books. Um, I got as far as like the second or third, the last book, and I kind of gave up. But it, that was a really good series. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed it actually. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and there was a TV show based on it called The Dresden Files. With someone with an actor we don't know, B movie actor, but the 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 TV show was actually pretty good. That's what got me reading the books. Uh, it says it aired for one season yep. on the Sci Fi Channel. Yep, I downloaded it and I have it on my computer. Very nice. All right. So uh, next on the rundown here, uh, James, you want to talk to us about uh, Star Citizen? Oh yeah, so I just threw this in too. I'm like, my, I'm guilty, like Michael. Star Citizen just released <laughs> on Friday, or thir- it's probably Friday night, like in the middle of the night sometime. They released Star Citizen 2.4. Uh, they're they're basically they promised they were going to release one update a month, one major update a month, and the updates would escalate in progression of the game and introduce new fee a new feature set necessary to the fun- full function of the full universe. Um, they haven't done that. This is obviously 2.4, so they've only released four patches, and it's we're on month five, so they're pretty late on this one. This one has persistence. It has the economy, a basic, uh, uh, basic uh, prototype of the economy system. They released a major spaceship, the first mega-sized large ship, the Starfare Gemini, which is the it's it's. I'm sure a lot of people saw if you follow Star Citizen, and you probably saw on the saw the videos of the Starfare uh, fueling ship refueler um, or tanker, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they released that ship. That ship has a military variant called the the Starfare Gemini, which is a huge, big olive drab thing covered in guns, um, very similar to the other one. Probably not really much many differences, uh, but that ship people they wouldn't didn't think they'd be able to get their hands on. And I guess they kind of gave us that one because they felt really bad for keeping us a month behind on 2.4. So they released that on there. Uh, They've done some changes to uh, the EVA system, basically adding in uh, 
adding in inertia. So when you press on your you press on your on the go juice, I'm going to just say cuz I'm an idiot. When you press on the gas <laughs> on your EVA, you're going forward and you release the gas, okay? You still would float forward. In the game initially, you'd press on it, release it and you'd stop immediately. There's no inertia, no forward inertia. So it was like you had inertial dampers on, inertial, inertia dampers on that would like stop you no matter what your orientation was in space, you'd get you'd it fire air off in this direction, that direction to stop you. Now it doesn't do that. Now it goes straight forward, which is what you kind of wanted to do. Like you want to you want to just time it and go and then release and then you kind of float because that's real, you know. Um, so they did that. They've done a lot of, there's some bug fixes. They added, uh, like I said, they added an economy, which means they added stores, shopping. They upgraded the, uh, the UI inside the game. Uh, they added the move system, which allows you to decorate spaces now. Uh, it's actually really interesting. So I logged in because Star Citizen has zero manuals, right? When they, when they upgrade something, they never tell you what they did. They just kind of say, here's a change log, read through it, and you read the change log, and even that's missing stuff. So I logged into the hangar, and I got actually a good video of this. I'll edit up tomorrow or something and post. But uh, that you log into the hangar, and you're walking around, and there's these little balls everywhere. You're like, what the fuck is this? You click, you look at one, you try to click on it, and it's like you have to look at it at just the right angle, and then it opens up, and you can kind of click on it. You click Instead of clicking use, you just click the mouse button. Because one of the pet peeves was they wanted to get rid of the use button. So you just click the mouse button without any real uh, prompting from an on-screen thing except for the ball opening up and kind of flowering out and showing you not just like a ring pops out of it. And then your AR, your augmented reality headset, shows a display of all the things you can place there. It's like you want to put a trophy case here, a fucking picture like uh, a hat, whatever, you know, whatever, like stuff you want to lay around your hanger to decorate your hanger your way. So that stuff, that that was something they added. They added a lot of little stuff too that I can't really remember. I played the game for like two hours and I couldn't, excuse me, I'm sorry, that's very rude. Um, I couldn't get any of it to work. Uh, <laughs> I... I got. I was able to move some stuff around. Every time I logged in, the game would freeze in weird places. Now, mind you, this is the PTU, so I got an invite to the Public Test Universe, which uh, only like five thousand people got invited to. I don't know how I keep getting invited to these things, so it's super buggy. Um, so, Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did have one previously that was they they had non disclosure agreements people had to sign, but this one for whatever reason I don't know. They didn't make. I didn't have to sign one. I just downloaded it. So. As far as I know, I can talk about it. Uh, no one sent me an email saying, don't talk about it. <laughs> they just said, you've been invited to the public test universe. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, it's nice. just pretty interesting. Um, but it'll probably be another two weeks before it gets released in the uh, in the public. So when that when I, when I post that video, I'll try to edit it up, cut it into three chunks, and I'll post it. I'll put it on the site so anyone who wants to see it can see it. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. That's it, I guess. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, anything else? Any any guys? I have nothing else to add, no. Okay. I think that's it. Alright, excellent. Alright, so um guys, as always, it's a pleasure. 
We'll see you next week. Don't forget to check us out in several places on the interwebs. Uh, Evan, those places are, because I don't remember, because I'm bad host. Uh, iopanelpodcast.com, iopanel.tech, Facebook, feedback at iopanel.com, iopanelpodcast at Twitter. Um, we don't have a porn fu- Pornhub page yet. Working <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, we appreciate your... Uh, you're listening. If you have any questions or suggestions, uh, please do let us know, and we'll talk to you next week. Good enough. Mm-hmm. We gotta fix those endings, man. I'm really bad at that. It's so off, fucking caught off guard. <laughs> <laughs> the show's over.